Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. We're watching on YouTube, uh, streaming live at Outkick.com as well. If you're listening uh, on the uh, radio, we say thank you for listening to this great radio partner as well. Coming up in 20 minutes, Armando Salguero uh, will join us. Uh, the very latest uh, across the NFL. Thursday night football tonight, the Chiefs hosting the Denver Broncos right now. Ten and a half points is the spread at PointsBet and Outkick.com slash bet. And if you haven't uh, taken your shot with PointsBet, now's the perfect moment. The big reason why, exclusively for first-time PointsBet users, you can grab this unique offer. Right now, you can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets for new PointsBet users. What is users. a second-chance bet? Well, I'm going to tell you about it, Chad. I've always if you're wanted to first, know. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, PointsBet has your back with a second chance. Uh, get this offer, Outkick.com slash bet. Complete the registration process with PointsBet. Make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, Chad, uh, well, that's where the second chance bets come into play. Remember, terms and conditions apply. 21 or older in legal gambling states. And if you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER is the number to call. Head over to uh, outkick.com slash bet right now to snag this offer. Um, it's a good offer. Plenty of uh, headlines uh, coming up. We've got uh, quarterback discussion as well later this hour. Plus, uh, one hour from now, one big thing on every NFL game. But, Chad, let's hit the, the top headlines. Scorched earth uh, here on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow uh, across the Outkick Network. Uh, Major League Baseball and the wild card bye. Um, hurt or help with what we're seeing right now? It, it should help. And we it just had Tyler Matzik on, and he said, hey, I'm a pitcher. I want the rest, so we love the rest. So I – yeah, I mean, it probably helps your pitching staff. I think it really helps when it's a three-game wildcard series and there's a lot of runs scored and a lot of pitchers rotating through the bullpen. I think the issue becomes when – let's use the Braves-Phillies as an yeah, example. Sure. The Phillies are able to steamroll the Marlins through two games and not tax their pitching staff very much at all. So they stay sharp playing in high-pressure situations, high-leverage at-bats, high leverage moments pitching in the game while the Braves take five days off. They try to play a simulated inter-squad scrimmage that really doesn't do a lot of good. But I think that's where the wild card team is at an advantage. And people might make fun of this, say, oh, come on, you know, it can't be that big of a deal. It is when you've spent what seems like an eternity when you go back to opening day, back in late March when this season started. And think about you play every day, sometimes twice a day, and you get one day off a week. And now suddenly you've got almost a week off right before your biggest games of the season. I think and, it has an hey. impact. And I think this year the results are right there yeah. with three of the two of the best teams in baseball, the Orioles, best team in the American League, gone in three games. The Dodgers, second best team in the National League, maybe the second best team in all of baseball, swept. 
three and, and games. Mookie Betts, what, 0 for 11 in the series? Freeman, Ronald 1 Cunha for Jr. 1 for uh, now 10. for the Braves not doing anything. And, and you know, you guys know on their team. Now, the Braves aren't done. They're playing a game four tonight, yeah. but the Braves are down 2-1, and they're in Philly facing elimination. I, th- this is not me. I, I, I'm not crying over those teams, okay? I understand baseball is a tough sport, and it can be a fickle beast at times. That's the nature of the game. We all get that. And you play 162 to get to a few games that mean a whole hell of a lot. I understand that. Seven-game series. Here's what I'm asking for. I like that they went from the one-game playoff play-in, the wild card play-in, whatever it was, to three games. I don't think that should then mean that divisional series is five. Go three, seven, seven. And Hutton, you brought it up. If you got to start the season a week earlier in late March – or whatever you need to do. Or just reduce you need it by a few games. Ha- have fewer off days during the regular season. I understand the desire to get to 162. That's the marker to get to over a Major League Baseball season. I'm fine with that. Let's make the Divisional Series seven games. I don't think that's too much to ask. I think it's a better marker of who the better team is at that time. Seven, greater than five. Let's make the Divisional Series seven games. Not too much to ask to me. Well, the other thing to factor into is the teams that have been eliminated, for the most part, were grinding it all the way through September. You know, the Orioles battling for the AL East. And in, in Atlanta's case, Chad, they're, they're trying to hit a, you know, that sweet spot perfect number for a roster that doesn't take days off and uh, trying to reach uh, a certain milestone in, in the win column. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the cool-off period, I think, is a thing. And uh, if anything, it, you kind of reset the, the, the process, the focus, and the other team comes in sharp. It, it's, uh, you know, a lot like the, the wild card weekend in the NFL. You know, you, have the, yeah. you get a bye, and uh, the number one seed doesn't always come out sharp after that bye week when the wild card team, uh, maybe it's the, the sixth or seventh team uh, or seed, they've been battling scratching and clawing all the way through December, trying to get into the postseason. And then they, they're playing their best football. They're peaking at the right moment. Yeah, and I, look, I, I think the Braves are another example of this. I do think you can get in your own head about it, especially as a hitter, and you start to think, man, I've had a lot of time off. I'm not sharp. I'm not fresh. You start uh, chasing balls out of the zone. You start doing uncharacteristic things. Yep. Uh, you're not being patient. Your approach changes at the plate. I think the, the Braves are in their own head a little bit at the plate, and I think they were in those first two games. I also don't think it's a coincidence that a team that had the best offense in the history of the game, better statistically in most ways than the 27 Yankees, decided to have their first shutout since May in game one when they had five days off. Call me crazy. I don't think that's just a coincidence and great pitching. I think the Braves, the layoff, hurt them big time. Yeah. And they went almost two full games. They got to the seventh inning of game two before they finally struck, and they scored five runs to miraculously win that game. So, look, it's not helping the Braves. It didn't help the Orioles. It certainly didn't help the Dodgers either. That's three of the four teams getting the bye. Now, the one team that got the bye, which I'll talk about a little bit later, the Houston Astros, a remarkable story in their own right. So, don't take this as me, Chad Withrow, Braves fan, crying over the Braves. I'm not. I'm simply stating seven games a better marker for determining the better team in baseball as opposed to five. I wish all series in the division series were seven games. That's, that's my desire moving forward. 
Chad, uh, let's dive into the Astros because they did not have a problem uh, with the buy. And you and I were chatting earlier, and you brought up the the point that they are now advancing to the uh, the championship series for the seventh straight year. Seven straight ALCS that is appearances. crazy. Crazy. It, it, it's amazing. We don't talk, and I think it's because of the you know they were buzzering guys pitches and tipping well, pitches they, for a they, while. They broke down the rock and then built it back. You know, through well, their through their was, farm system. I mean, they hit absolute rock bottom as an organization right before this run started, and they drafted so smartly. And then every single free agent move trade has been a stroke of brilliance for the Astros. I mean, think about this. Let's compare it to the Braves, who've won all these NL East divisions in a row. Right? They don't have the postseason success. The Astros are mimicking. Regular season success, AL West championships, with an ability to win in the postseason. They're 2-2 two and two in the World Series. And maybe we look at it and say, you know, they're not quite a dynasty because they've won two in those seven years. Well, they might win another one this year. So if they're three in seven years, is that a dynasty? I think in baseball, absolutely. And the fact they've been able to reach the ALCS seven straight times is something we don't talk enough about. And I think a lot of it is the hatred from Dodgers and Yankees, two of the bigger, two two of the two biggest markets and two of the bigger fan bases going. The hatred for those Astros teams that got caught cheating and tipping pitches electronically. I think that has something to do with it. So you kind of disregard what they've done. But look at all the things they've been done since they were caught and haven't been doing that. Yeah. And, and who they it's did, incredible. And doing it without you know, uh, manager and, and those that were there to build the franchise to what, where it is, you break that down too and rebuild that, yeah. you know, that that's the other thing is like the, the, the cooks in the kitchen were also swapped. Yeah. And it's just a, it, it's a machine of a franchise. I think it speaks to veteran, strong leadership, Dusty Baker. Uh, he, he has been around the block so many times and, and he knows the game and knows how to work a clubhouse better than anyone. I think you look at the Rangers also this year, Bruce Bochy versus Dusty Baker, two extreme veteran guys that have been around different franchises and know their clubhouses so well. But look, I just say this to say hats off to the Astros. When I heard that seven straight ALCS appearances, my immediate thought was we don't spend enough time talking about the greatness of the Astros Yeah, because that's incredible. And if they go on to win the World Series this year, that's three out of those seven years. Not only are they making the ALCS, they're winning the World Series. And oh, by the way, they lost two World Series as well. So making the World Series that many times, truly and, incredible. And they're doing it uh, with the payroll. It's not like they have the the Mets payroll, the no. Padres payroll. The I Phillies. Mean, it, it's uh, Philly. It, Go I mean, down the list. It's uh, Yankees. What is it, top 10? Are they in the top 10 of payrolls? Yeah, they're right around there. Right around there. Yeah, but I mean, they're... And then... They, Players that go away come back, you know. Verlander, for instance, like it's just, it, you're right. They, they do not get the credit, but I, I think in large part the credit's not there based on the the cheating scandal. Yeah, that I think now. that's like a they, big. There's a yeah that that's a big that's part the of quote it. unquote punishment. But I mean, the Astros are seventh in payroll, okay. so they are behind Mets, Yankees, Padres, Rangers, Phillies, Dodgers. So two of those teams didn't make the playoffs. Mets and Padres. Oh, sorry, three. The top three payrolls did not make the playoffs. Mets, Yankees, 
Padres. They're playing the Rangers, who are fourth in the ALCS. Philly's still alive. Dodgers eliminated. Braves, by the way, 10th highest payroll in baseball. Three spots behind the Astros. Another remarkable feat. Yep. Uh, with that. Uh, well, the real remarkable feat, Hutton, that's what I hate, hate it, is the, your, your Orioles. I uh, know. 28th. Yeah, they're... 28th in the best team in the American League. That's incredible. Yeah. They, they just ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah. And it, look, it happens. It can be a cruel sport at times, and that's, that's what happened to the Orioles. Yeah. Good for the uh, ownership there. Now they can you know, not pay, not yeah. give a bump in pay to anyone and... Probably have to they can trade just tell the assets. fans, I, I hope 2023 was a good year for you because you're not getting any of that anytime soon. So pay these top prices and pay whatever we say because you're not going to see a team like that in probably 15, 20 years. Speaking of uh, payment, uh, Andrew Marchand with uh, the New York Post uh, with the, uh, the story that Pat McAfee has, has pays Aaron Rodgers over a million dollars annually to come on his show weekly. That's money well spent. That's, oh, yeah. Absolutely. People are freaking out about this. Uh, I've seen a big reaction to it. Oh, my goodness. So what is the journalistic part of this that they're paying for well, I mean, interviews? And I'm thinking, these are people who have never worked in sports talk radio before. Yeah. Like, weekly contributors typically get paid if they're joining you yeah, regularly. With the, with the, you have a sponsor attached to it. you got a sponsor attached. Now, typically, it's not Aaron Rodgers you're having on weekly, but I'm willing to bet Tom Brady got paid for his weekly appearance on what, WEEI? No, he that he did. had for yeah, years with the with yeah. the Patriots, but a lot, of, well, uh, Chad, a lot of times, and we we did this uh, with uh, several NFL players in town. Uh, instead of taking the check, they have the donation to their charity, charity or, or foundation is the way that they. And some uh, guys take get, the check. Some, do, yeah, some do. So that's their prerogative. Yeah, and, and McAfee could, he says he's like, yeah, Aaron has made over a million with us for sure. That was the confirmation there. Yeah, we've had player shows in the past with uh, Delaney Walker, with Logan Ryan. I think both those guys took it for their charity. They did. But they got paid. You know, there was a negotiated payment to come in uh, studio and do a weekly show. This happens all over America. I don't – there's some outrage going on that I saw the reaction to this story from Andrew Marshawn, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, this is very common practice routine. for routine. players to, to take money to do shows, especially when it's once a week. Chad, more hated, uh, Braves, Braves fans hating Harper or Phillies or any fan base hating Acuna? Uh, I'd say now it's Braves fans hating Harper. And also, you know, I don't – I love Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I, Ronald Acuna Jr. has not just mauled a single franchise the way Bryce Harper is mauling oh. the Braves consistently. He does in the regular season, but he, he's not been a primetime – playoff performer and this these playoffs he's disappeared again so true hatred forms in October and when you are the reason that a team is gone and their season is over so Braves fans hatred of Bryce Harper and the throat slash and staring down Orlando Arcia all of that that's far worse I think baseball as a whole is uh, is is annoyed by Ronald Acuna Jr., they're annoyed by his greatness, but the you know his antics also. Yeah, the, the there's Marlins not a come single mind. team that well Marlins don't have fans. Sorry, Colin, no, well, they don't have I, a lot. Oh, I thought but you were going like back to. But it's not like worried about Marlins fans. The Marlins team hates. Yes, Acuna, whenever you said but, baseball, I'm thinking of the the clubhouse. Yeah, now. I think all I think Braves fans everywhere now have a disdain yeah. for for Bryce Harper. But, but I, I love that. It's the way that it should be because they they hate him because they ain't him. 
right? Yeah. They hate him because but, he's killing them. But that's – I mean, I, I don't love the you fact that – You can't pitch the guy. I mean, they've got to almost intentionally walk him every time they, he comes to the plate at this point. <laughs> but that – see, baseball did a lot of things right with the rules changes, you know, speeding up the game, and, and by and large, just universally loved by fans, right? I, I my, my favorite era was the steroid era. But you had the rivalries. It's not just the roids and the long ball, but it was the rivalries, the – you know, every, you had more than just uh, a face with a jersey. You actually knew something about the players that were coming up to the plate. The Braves roster has a ton of them, and so does Philadelphia. And when you have the individual rivalries and the stare downs, and the, I, I mean, I love it. I, I want more of this injected into the game, not less. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I do love it, uh, and I love that it's Acuna it's, too. Well, to me, it's genuine because it's, Bryce Harper is just playing really well, and Braves fans hate that. And it's uh, it's not fake. We hate fake on this show. We do. It's not phony. It's it's legitimate. Uh, I also, you know, as a Braves fan, have a hard time legitimately feeling happy for Philly <laughs> well, fans. Fair enough. Uh, winning and you know going to possibly go win a World Series. Not fake in anything he does. Not Armando the most sympathetic Salguero. of fan bases. Those he's Philly about fans. to join us, and we'll discuss maybe a possible fake soreness in the shoulder for Deshaun Watson. That's next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on here on the Outkick Network. Joined by Armando Salguero. You can catch him on with uh, Donovan McNabb. The five spot each and every week, uh, twice a week on uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. And you can get that right now at Outkick.com. Armando, uh, you got to be enjoying that. It's been a, a great launch to what is a very solid podcast. Give yourself a round of applause. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm always glad to do very <laughs> solid middling things. You Thank go. you. Appreciate you. <laughs> C student, Armando Salguero at it again, doing great work. Hey, it, it got me through. What can I tell That's you? That's right. What, what do you make of the situation in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson? Vague uh, shoulder contusion, throwing shoulder. We know he doesn't play in week four. Stefanski says that was his decision, Watson's decision specifically, not Stefanski's, Watson's decision not to play after being cleared. And now the week off, he didn't practice again today. And we could see P.J. Walker take on the San Francisco 49ers defense on Sunday. What's beneath the surface there? It's a two- to four-week injury. And this is week two. So, you know, obviously... He, he, he is going to be under the mic. He's already under the microscope, but he's going to be under the, are you tough enough microscope mm. starting next week? The thing that Deshaun Watson screwed up in and is the reason that perhaps 
there are questions about him right now is because the Friday before the game, this last game, he said, I'm playing. I'm definitely playing. Okay, so you're definitely playing. We're good. They didn't practice on Saturday. He comes out game day and he works out and he makes the decision, as you said, to not go because he didn't feel like he could help the team or, or on the other side, he felt like he would hurt the team. Shut up, dude. <laughs> if you, if you want to not be scrutinized, don't be telling people that you're going when you're not going, or you don't know that you're going. Um, and now everybody's wondering, I can tell you this. No one in that locker room is saying Deshaun Watson is soft. Not yet. Right. But like I said, a week from now, I don't know. Yeah, then then it becomes uh, even more foggy and hazy with the reaction beneath the surface. I'm with you. Hey, the backup right now was going to be uh, Joshua Dobbs, the starter in Arizona, and uh, read your piece on Kyler Murray and uh, the likelihood or uh, lack thereof, uh, unlikely that he's dealt by the trade deadline of October 31st. He's on PUP. Do you expect that Murray just remains on PUP for the season? And if so, what what does the NFL think about that from a rule standpoint when you're stashing him just so you don't have to, in the unlikely scenario of him having a catastrophic injury, paying $92 million guaranteed on the injury guarantee? Right. So he wants to play. So let's okay. let's establish that, okay? And if they, quote unquote, as you said, stash him, there's going to be issues because if he feels like he's ready to play and they put him on the shelf, the chances of him accepting and staying quiet about it are not good. Right. Let's, right? Uh, on the other hand, it is to the Cardinals' benefit, I would think, if they play him. They need to know what Kyler Murray has as far as return from injury, as far as fit in the system that Jonathan Gannon has put uh, on offense. They need to know because next year they have a ton of draft um, resources that they can use if they want to go get a quarterback. And, by the way, uh, they can't get they can get rid of Kyler Murray next year, but it would be easier to get rid of Kyler Murray when other teams are aware and know, hey, he's he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He's played, he came back and there wasn't a reason that a, uh, a nine to 10 to 11 month injury turned into a 12 plus month injury. We can be comfortable in knowing that if we're going to give up uh, a draft pick for Kyla Murray, we're not getting a guy with one leg, which is a very bad thing to get, by the way. Yep. Quarterbacks with one legs typically don't perform very well. Yep. 
Unless you're Joe Burrow. Not, not a big market for those quarterbacks, for sure, <laughs> uh, draft or otherwise. Armando Salguero, our guest here on Hot Mike. Armando, you wrote it outkick.com about Bill Belichick, the great Bill Belichick, having a lot of questions right now with this Patriots team and, and no answers. Where do the Patriots go from here? The under 500 now, Bill Belichick, without Tom Brady and since Tom Brady has left. Where do the Patriots go from here? Look, um, he has said that they're going to start over, right? That's his term. Start over. We're starting over. But if you're a critical thinker, I mean, basically what he is saying is, I need a mulligan. <laughs> uh, my first crack at this this year didn't work. So we're going to backtrack and start over with fundamentals, with schemes, with coaching. In other words, everything that most other teams already did and the good ones got right, the amazing future Hall of Fame Bill Belichick is admitting we got it wrong or not well enough, so we need to go back and fix it. Well, that tells you that maybe the, the great, amazing future Hall of Fame Bill Belichick ain't doing such a great job right now. No, and the, the talent evaluation, too. Man, they, it's not just Mac Jones. It's, a, it, it's Mac Jones. It's not just Mac Jones of why they're just so bad uh, in some big spots. Uh, and with, with that being said, I mean, prior to uh, some injuries on defense, they had the ball twice in the first month of the season with a chance to either tie or go win the game late in games. Philadelphia comes to mind. There was one other one, I believe, on prime time. Still, this is just a complete 180-degree turn from what we're used to seeing from the Patriot way. Well, you, you mentioned the talent evaluation. Think of this. Yep. Bill Belichick went to Georgia one, one draft season, looked at the backfield, saw Nick Chubb, and drafted Sony Michelle in the first round, okay, ahead of Nick Chubb. He needed wide receivers, and he didn't pick A.J. Brown. And he didn't pick uh, D.K. Metcalf. He did, however, ahead of those guys that went in the second round, he did pick Nikhil Herod. Mm. Now, that's okay if you've got Tom Brady, uh, you know, basically covering up for the mistakes and making, you know, Joe Schmo into a good receiver just because I'm going to give him, put it on him every single time. But when it's Mac Jones not putting it on Joe Schmo every single time, you have a team that has been outscored 72 to three in the last two games. And their chances of being a good team this year are not outstanding. So, you know, Kirk Cousins was finally asked about some trade rumors about him being dealt in the middle of this disappointing start for the Vikings. My question, Armando, is it's not whether or not, you know, Kirk Cousins could improve certain teams. He could. But is there a team where that would matter in 2023 for Kirk Cousins to come in and help their fortunes? It seems like those teams don't really have much of a future this year either way. Right, because teams typically that where it would matter typically have quarterbacks exactly. that are playing well enough to make them what? Uh, a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. And why do you mess? Why do you mess with that in the middle of the season? Number one and number two, there are salary cap ramifications. Not everybody can afford to rent Kirk Cousins for whatever it might be here the rest of the season. Don't ask me to do prorations because I'm terrible at it, especially not with a calculator. But it could be what eighteen million dollars or something. So. Uh, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's the same thing with Kyler Murray. Why would any team, you know, put themselves in a position to lose all that cap space, have to pay all that money for a guy that isn't healthy? Uh, what are they solving here? I, I don't, I don't understand. You can do it in the off season. And my guess is with those two guys, if it happens, that's when it will happen. Uh, obviously, Kirk Cousins being an uh, unrestricted free agent in the offseason. Kansas City, uh, they have their first divisional matchup of the season tonight against Denver. Uh, and watching them, Armando, uh, you, you mentioned Brady and, and how he can make Joe Schmo into you know Joe Talent in some situations. Mahomes has that great ability as well, the elite ability. This wide receiving core, though, is just not getting it done. They have two touchdowns combined uh, on the season so far at the wide receiver spot. Kelsey's uh, iffy. I know he's been reported that he's going to play. He's questionable for tonight. Point being, without Kelsey in the lineup, and we've seen it a couple of times now, who are the Chiefs? Wow, thank you for not asking me about Taylor Swift. Yeah, she will I be in attendance tonight. <laughs> I appreciate that, that to know. That was our first uh, mention of the day, too, yeah. Armando. You'd be very proud. That was the first time it's even come up because you asked. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, the Chiefs right now are a are, are not a dynamic offense, okay? They, they know that. They won a Super Bowl not being a dynamic offense. They, they haven't been that since Tyreek Hill left. And they won a Super Bowl since Tyreek Hill left. And it's hard to say that they won't again this year because they're still winning despite the fact that they're not a dynamic offense. They do have a dynamic secondary. Those guys can ball. Those guys can play. They turn it loose. They attack. And they, they as much as anything, are the reason that the Kansas City Chiefs are really good right now. And what Andy Reid has has basically uh, decided is we're going to live with these young wide receivers, none of which are Tyree Kill in the making. We're going to live with them. We're going to develop them. Our quarterback is good. He's going to figure it out. He's not going to make big mistakes as we go on eight to ten play drives instead of two play drives. Uh, and Hopefully, by the end of the year, these wide receivers that we have hopes for will start to, you know, show up. But until then, it's hard to argue with the results. Oh, so no far. doubt. No doubt. I just right? uh, I, I see a good, not great team right now, despite sure. the record, right? Like, it, it, maybe they improve. I, I bring it up. I think they could be a buyer at the trade deadline at the position. They were a year ago with Tony. That hasn't been great. Um I, I think they just need a, a, a dynamic piece like we've seen uh, over the last several years. It's tough to find, though, at the trade deadline. If you've got one, you're not trying to sell. 
Hey, final final minute here with you. Uh, two intriguing matchups just for the, the pivot of where these teams could be headed. Baltimore and in Tennessee play in London. Uh, the Ravens are three and two. They're they're three and two with the two losses because they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, Tennessee still trying to figure out who they are. And then Cincinnati hosts Seattle. Seahawks coming off a bye, and then the Bengals go into a bye, and then there was a gauntlet stretch of some really tough opponents for Joe Burrow and company. Right. So Joe Burrow said that he is feeling as well or as good, depending on your grammar status, yeah. as uh, as he's felt since you know he injured his calf. Right. So that's good because last week, feeling not as well and as good. Uh, he was pretty good. Yep. And it's going to be very interesting when you see J Jamar Chase versus Witherspoon. The last time we saw Witherspoon on national television, that was him going, I think, 98 <laughs> yards the other direction with an interception. So good player. <laughs> He's good. Uh, Jamar Chase, another good player. He's good. It's going to be a very interesting uh, matchup. My question for the Tennessee Titans is uh, last week, the Buffalo Bills arrived late in London. Oh, yes, you're right. They, they're on a flight right now. They're taking the late yeah. flight as well. well. We have to dive into yes. this, guys. Yeah, Armando. Thank you so much, Armando. Thank you, man. I love the work, and we love the visit each and every week. You're the best. Armando Salguero, our guest, coming up. That's my quarterback, and we'll discuss that trip to London. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our thanks to Armando Salguero for joining us. Uh, also, Tyler Matzik, Trey Wallace. If you missed portions of the show, you can go back on uh, the Outkick YouTube channel. Catch the show on demand. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. And uh, coming up in about 40 minutes, we've got Ryan Leaf, who's going to join us in the final hour of today's Thursday program. The weekend is here. We love having Ryan Leaf on every week. We love all of our guests today. It's been a fun show. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Uh, it, the fun continues. T.O. gets us started, gets us cranking. But that's my quarterback. We'll get it right. That's my quarterback. We'll get it. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, I, can, I can do a great T.O. impression. We can do that next time. Speaking of great T.O. impressions, how about Davey? Davey rocking well done, the shades. Davey. Thank you. Bring those out for that's my quarterback and on the bus, off the bus. It does help, too, with just the lights in here. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the lights. You can tell I'm pretty pale. I don't get out in the sunlight much either. But, guys, to start things off on this edition of that's my quarterback, we're going with a future superstar. Which quarterback in this upcoming draft class do you think will be the face of the league in a couple of years? Chad, uh, uh, I'm immediately thinking of Caleb Williams. Yeah. He's got all of the, uh, the measurables, the intangibles, everything that any draft analyst would throw out there, and we're going to hear this over and over and over and over and over again. All good. You know why I'm saying him? Oh, the, the, going to end up in the best NFL situation as I read this question. 
the most NFL success. You've got to be set up for the best situation. He's going to dictate where he's going to go, practically. That's, what I, that's the vibe I get. So if you have the top talent who's going to pull the, the Eli Manning saying, I'm, I'm not going to play for the Chargers, going elsewhere. He's already put that out. That may just stay back in college if certain teams are going to hold the first overall pick. I, I find that interesting because he's clearly got that in mind on teams he doesn't want to play for. And my guess is those teams aren't the recent Super Bowl champions or recent Super Bowl uh, uh, options out of the NFC or AFC. Those are the, the bottom dwellers looking at you, Arizona. Because at the time, that was the perceived team that would be holding the number one overall pick. Right now, it's Chicago. I can't help but think that Davey Hudson's judging us with those sunglasses on when you can't uh-huh. really look into his eyes and see what he's thinking. Yeah. The way he's just staring at you speaking. There's a lot of judgment coming from, uh, from Davey. I'll give you my thoughts once, once you guys. I, so here's the way I, what I think about Caleb Williams and this whole thing about his dad saying they may dictate where it goes. I don't like it. I don't like it. But Hudson brought up a name. Eli Manning did it with his dad. It worked out okay for him. So I don't know whether to take that as a sign he's going to be great in the NFL or a sign he's not going to be great in the NFL. Chad, he could be a New England Patriot. I I mean, could, is that good? Well, no, but I, it's better than Arizona. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I'd rather I play mean, for Robert Kraft. Gonna be? Who's his coach going to be is the I'd, question. Well, I'd rather play for Robert Kraft so, than I, Bidwell. I hear this, though, and I immediately think about, remember Ryan Leaf saying if he had to do it over again, he would have told every team except the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. that he wasn't going to go there and just set it up where he would go to that organization. And maybe he would have had success. I mean, look, maybe you can, you know, rig the system to go to the right team, but I, I don't know. I, here's what I don't like about Caleb Williams, and I like everything about him physically. I, too much of what I see from Caleb Williams is off, is off script, is him seemingly just abandoning ship and running around making plays at times. I, I see that with Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and Kyler Murray's not a great NFL quarterback. Um, I don't know that I love that with Caleb Williams, even though I think that he could very well be a great quarterback. Saw it a lot with Bryce Young, too. And I still think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. My answer is Drake May, because I just think he's the best. I think he's got the best skill set set up to be a the next great NFL quarterback. I think he's Trevor Lawrence on a good day in the NFL. That That's what he could be week in, week out in the league. So I'm, I'm just looking at, I don't know where he's going to go. Right. I don't know who's going to coach him. I don't know what ownership situation he's going to be in. I think Drake May's the best NFL prospect of this group. So I'm going May. And it's all about fit. You know, that, that's the other thing too. It's just that if you're going to be the number one or number two overall pick, you're going to a spot where, I mean, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence and he's on his second head coach already. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead with your judgment. Dave. Yes, I... I, t- I tend to agree with Chad on this one. While I don't think you're going to have quarterbacks go one and two in this year's draft class, I-, I think Drake May is just going to be in a position where he can go in a better spot. Like Then we'll go one and two because the team will hold both picks. Well, I don't think Chicago will. I, I think they'll end up winning a few more games to where they won't be a top two pick they'll probably be like three or four but Carolina at this point I would definitely put money on them having the the uh, their pick that own, belongs to Chicago right. being number one overall M- my question to you and I'm just been kind of thinking about this I'm trying to think of a good spot for both these guys to go to could you see the Broncos continuing to be so bad like right now if the draft happened today they would be picking third overall yeah the, the spot to go to is in Minnesota 
with Justin Jefferson. Well, they're fourth. So, and you mentioned the Pats in that conversation. They would be fifth as of today. But again, long way to go. Um, and, and so, you know, it's Denver lo- would be a good spot too, though, if, if they decided it, it to move would on be. from yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. I could see Caleb Williams doing big things for Sean Payton. Um, yeah, I mean, it, look, it, I think it's a good quarterback draft class. So it's a fun debate. It, to it's have. going to be great. And I mean, you guys were talking about just having the best situation. So that leads me to my next question: All Which right. current quarterback in the NFL? is in the best situation. And I'll start with this one. Um, I think we started last year with you saying this is the year for Jalen Hurts to prove himself. It's all on him. With yeah. the acquisition of A.J. Brown a year ago, best offensive line in the NFL, I think that still holds pretty true yep. this year. I, I'm going Jalen Hurts. I don't think a lot's changed from year to year. DeAndre Swift has that rushing attack going. Um, they've got the offensive line. He's got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Got good receiving options around him. I, I I think he's got the best setup in the league right now and a team that won the NFC a year ago. And they're undefeated right now trying to go win a Super Bowl. So give me Jalen Hurts as the best spot right now with that supporting cast. It's a great one. Uh, and he's, the only thing that's changed is the offensive play caller. Yeah. You know, that that's it. But that, that seems to be coming along. And they're about – they're a lot like Georgia – Last week, right? You're waiting on that big bust out. The first couple breakout. of weeks they were winning, but they struggled oh. against New England. Right. They struggled a bit in week two. Oh, they, they're starting to find their footing now offensively yes. with a new play caller. Uh, interesting game coming up against the Rams too. But they they've got um, they also he also has a defense that's going to give them the football back. Right. Get stops. Uh, Brock Purdy for me. He's got the the coach, all of the weapons around him, and really the I. To me, just the tiebreaker because Hertz is the number two name that comes to mind for me. Is just the defense is just that much better than Philadelphia's. You know the total package with what they're doing. There's no wrong answer with either one, Purdy or Hertz, and that's not a knock on what they've done either, uh, because you also have to have the ability to go grab it. And Purdy right now is ten and zero in the regular season which is still mind-boggling considering he's yet to even throw an interception this year. And he's got all of that talent around him. Plus, they've even traded for McCaffrey last year, and now he's on his way to Offensive Player of the Year currently. Yeah, he's definitely set up for success on the field. The one thing I'd throw in there that I hate for him is he's making less than a million dollars a year. Yep. So in terms of best situation, he is getting just milk dry by the organization as a seventh-round pick right now based on his production and their winning Whereas Jalen Hurts just signed an enormous contract. So he is financially well, a lot better off. And there's off. nothing they can do based on the CBA. Yeah. Because he can't get an extension. He's not eligible until the end of next year. You just him. hope for a guy like that he doesn't get hurt. Right. Now, I hope he gets to that contract where he can yes. get his money yes. and not get hurt beforehand. I know you guys knocked that one out of the park. Those were the two guys oh, that came to my you. mind whenever I – I couldn't I, tell I, because I, of sunglasses. I liked or, it. Usually I can tell by your eye yeah. reaction whether you like it or not, but – it's good to know verbally that you love those two uh, answers. And what I was thinking, I'd like yep. to affirm those were the two correct they answers were. to that question also. Yep. So good. I mean, I just uh, – they have the two two of the best defenses in the league, and you look at their offensive line, and they each have skill players that you know can be, Who would be an third? explosive threat each time. That, that was what I was kind of debating. And people are probably going to push back on this one. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. And I say that because hmm. their offensive line's coming together, but they've made sure they've spent at the skill player positions. Their defense might not be there, but Doug Peterson's a Super Bowl winning head coach with Nick Foles. 
if you want to talk about good coaching and a guy that can build you up, you also just saw what we were able to see from a night and day difference between Urban Meyer and Doug Peterson. And the other thing that helps them is they play in possibly the easiest division in the NFL. I know it's looking a little bit better um, than we anticipated when you bring in the, the first-round picks and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, which Richardson's hurt. But right now, I mean, I think Lawrence should be in that conversation. Let me give you one. Um, Dak Prescott, I think, is in a pretty good spot right now. Well, he's got a – I'd go with another one, Jared Goff. Goff's in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes is too. But yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the situation based on stability, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking stability, at offense around coach. them, coaching, uh, defensive help. You know, part of it is your defense that you have also. Yeah. That, that's a, a, a notch for Dak Prescott in that column. Well, the one thing that I heard Kurt Warner talking about was how this offense is not working towards Dak's strengths. And whenever you look at what the, the offensive play calls that Mike McCarthy has been calling this year, he's really been putting his team at a disadvantage whenever you just kind of want to look across the league as a whole. And so I'm kind of curious to see if this – I mean, that's a Super Bowl-winning Hall of Fame quarterback that's that's pointing these things out. I want to see if that becomes more of a talking point, especially if Dallas continues to struggle. I know they played one of the best defenses in the league, but I, I came here before the season. I said, I backed off this a little bit, but I wasn't expecting them to be a home run hit. Like, I was thinking they might finish last in their division. I don't think that's the case now, but I still no. have some very big concerns about that team. Back-to-back long, 12 long wins. Back-to-back 12-win seasons. And then, you know. Prescott is well. He, he's exactly you get that version of him against San Francisco, and then you also have the great, the great days. And there's just uh, there's not a balance there of consistency, unfortunately. Last one, Davey. Yep, guys. On the flip side, which quarterback is in the worst situation? Hutton, you've got the correct answer here. Uh, you, you, oh, we can both go with that. You, you went first. No, go ahead. I, I've got an off the wall one, but I want you to give the correct answer. It's Justin Fields. Yes. He's in the worst situation. Yes, it is. Uh, based on the organization, um, it, it's based on uh, knowing that they're going nowhere right now. And he entered the league with nothing around him, had to go through year two where they were still in contract purgatory, uh, in salary cap purgatory. And now in year three, nothing is going right. He's played well the last two weeks, but nothing's going right in the acquisitions of talent around him in the offseason where they had $100 million to spend against the cap. Instability at coach. They can't seem to allow him to do the things that he was doing last year, which is run all over the place and allowing them to stay in games longer than what we've seen so far. And they're trying to make him into a, a pocket passer well yeah I believe you do have to do that in the league Chad but you don't have to do it all at once and the, there's no there has not been a gradual progression because there's a lot of things pulling in the opposite direction with him there that's that's the correct answer but let me give you a wild card entry here Josh Dobbs I mean Josh Dobbs we look at that and say hey nice little story here plucky yeah. underdog been a backup his whole career gets a chance in the last couple of weeks to do some nice things to the Titans, then gets traded before the season. Oh, my, he's a starter in the NFL for the Cardinals who are trying to tank to get the first and second overall pick. So here is Josh Dobbs, year seven, reaches his dream of being a starter in the NFL, and he is in a situation where the organization likely wants you to lose every game. 
going into the season. That's a tough spot for a guy who wants to prove himself as an NFL starter. He's got not a lot around him. He's doing the best with what he's got, I think, and, and based on his experience not being a starter in the league. We look at Josh Dobbs and think, oh, cool, he's getting a chance. Josh Dobbs looks at this and thinks, I'm going to prove I'm a starter in the league and stay here yep. for the next eight to ten years. That's unlikely to happen because he's in a terrible situation. So I'm going Josh Dobbs. Unlikely to happen, too, because if Armando has his way, they're going to play Kyler Murray and see what they've got. And then that's even worse. Try to deal him in the offseason and move forward with a very high pick in the NFL draft. Yep. Season ended today, card seventh and tenth pick. Coming up, one big thing on every NFL game for week six, which kicks off tonight in Kansas City. Straight ahead, Hot Mike with Honey Withrow across the Outkick Network.